Hello, I'm Donovan Kane. Welcome to my podcast, where I read steamy stories for women to you. Why? Well, because sometimes you just want a man to read you a naughty story. This episode of the podcast is a romance author spotlight episode. I'm going to be talking with Anna Blakely about her Risk series and her book, Unpredictable Risk. I will be doing a short interview with Anna Blakely and find out a little bit about her as an author. And then we'll hear a steamy excerpt from her book, Unpredictable Risk, which is book five from her Risk series. I hope you enjoy it. I am here with romance author Anna Blakely uh, with her Risk series and an excerpt from her book from that series, Unpredictable Risk, and that is in book five. How are you today, Anna? I'm great. How are you? Oh, very good. Very good. I get to talk to a uh, a wonderful author about uh, a scene that I had a, a lot of fun recording. I will tell you that. Uh, and once one. you, what's that? <laughs> I said I had a lot of fun writing that one. I <laughs> bet you did. And uh, once once all of you hear the excerpt, I, I think you'll understand what we're talking about. But first, Anna, tell us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you. Well, like I said, my name's Anna. Um, I live in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. Um <laughs> with my my husband and two of my four kids now i've got two out of the house and two two are still hanging on um i used to be an elementary teacher really? uh, i did i taught sixth grade for four years and then i taught third grade for 10 years um and that's fantastic yeah it was it was it's a great job um this is a lot more fun <laughs> <laughs> and it pays better, you know. So that's a plus. um but now I got the I this idea came to me for the for my very first book um several years ago actually and it just was kind of a hobby and I just you know jotted out some notes or I'd be I'd be typing away, you know, while we're watching TV in the evenings and stuff and then um was able to make some connections in the business uh unexpected connections um and found a wonderful mentor in Caitlin O'Leary. Um, she is fantastic. If you, anybody can hear loves reading about, you know, military romance, she's, she's wonderful. Um, and just a great person overall. And she kind of mentored me through getting started and, and kind of guided me on how to become an indie author. And so I started actually doing that my last year of teaching with hopes that someday maybe I would be able to, um, be successful enough to to do it full time and i actually ended up handing my resignation in the last day of school that year and i've been doing this full time ever since that's amazing so, that that yeah. that is amazing any any time you can take something from your mind and manifest it into reality and and make that happen that's magic yeah yeah it's been a it's been an amazing journey so far and i'm just getting started Absolutely. <laughs> Once you see how many books Anna's already written, that just getting started part will uh, will amaze you. <laughs> um, so, so what made you want to try this in the first place, romance author? You so. know, I, I truly, everybody asked me, you know, like, how did you start? How did you come up with the story? I literally was actually in a meeting one day um, for my job and I just, I had this idea pop into my head and it was like, kind of like this dialogue between these two characters. And I have no idea where it came from. None whatsoever. Um, I I'm an avid reader. I've read romantic suspense for, you know, decades and that's, that's just my jam. That's, that's my passion. Um, my favorite movies and shows and all of that, you know, I, I love the romance part of it. Um, 
I also like action with mine. Like I've got to, I, 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 I have to have some type of, you know, edge of your seat suspense. Somebody's going to be blowing something up or shooting somebody. <laughs> There's got to be a stalker in there, you know, serial killer, something um, to keep the momentum going. But I do love the, the romance aspect of it as well. And so I combined those two passions and took these characters that just kind of came to me one day and just went with it. And, and, and again, like, I, I mean, when I did it, I, I never thought, you know, honestly, when I first started, writing it out, I thought maybe someday when I finish, I would try to submit it and be, you know, traditionally published. Um, and I thought, you know, gosh, maybe someday somebody might read this and think it's good enough to publish it. And then I connected with Caitlin O'Leary and she's the one who, um, kind of taught me about indie publishing and how, um, that whole side of the business worked and she's like, no, you could really do this. And that was the first time I realized it uh, could be a reality for me to actually put this, this story out there for people uh, to read. And, and so I just, you know, I'm, I'm just really glad I listened to the voices in my head and, <laughs> you know, I, I joked with her about that. I said, you know, when it, after talking with her, I said, you know, I feel a lot better because I feel like, um, I, I was either uh, on the verge of schizophrenia or I was supposed to be an author. I wasn't sure which <laughs> because it was like once those first two <laughs> two characters came into my head, the the first risk team formed. And then all of a sudden I had just story ideas for all of them all at once. It was crazy. It was just like a gate opened and the flooding happened and. I don't know. It was, it was crazy and wild. Once you let that, once you let that first voice in your head, you're done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. And then, you know, I was, I was halfway through that series and I thought, man, what happens is if this is it, like, what if I don't ever come up with another idea <laughs> another story or another series? And then um, Susan Stoker got a hold of me and that was crazy too. Um, being able to write in her world and, you know, it, but then again, I had the same thought too. Halfway through that series, I thought, "Oh, what if this is it? What if these are only, the only two teams that I can come up with?" And and then, of course, now I've I've already got pre-orders up for you know halfway through next year, and I've got two series ideas sitting in the back of my head that I'm hoping to someday write when I get the time. And so, yeah, it's well, it's it, it's, it's amazing. And what's what I find very interesting about this is obviously. I'm a bit insane too, or else I couldn't do what I do. Uh, you know, so I, I take these, I take the scenes that come out of your head, the the people that talk to you, and then you put them all together and then, then you give them to me and say, here, do something with that. And it, it's, uh, so I, I think they're not in a bad way, but I think there's certainly some craziness involved in all this. Otherwise, you know how are we going to do this? How are we it's gonna... welcomed crazy. I will take it. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. I always agree with the uh, Alice in Wonderland quote. Uh, have I gone mad? Yes, but all the best people are. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I can't imagine being completely normal. Can't do it. Here with Anna Blakely, and we're going to hear an excerpt from her book, Unpredictable Risk. It's book number five of the Risk series. And tell us, set up the scene that we're about to hear. Okay, so this scene, um, the hero in this story is Grant, and he's a former SEAL. And he, um, his, I actually got the inspiration for his character and the scene leading up to what you're about to read, um, 
from Lee Bryce's song, I Don't uh, I Don't Dance. I don't know if any of the, ah. the listeners out here listen to country music at all, but Lee Bryce has a song called I Don't Dance. And if you listen to that and then you read this this book, I think you'll get it. Um, I just heard it on the radio one day and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to put that's that scene into a book. And Grant was the first character that came to mind. Um, he's my quiet, stoic, you know, he's he's a bigger, muscular, taller guy that on the team. Um, and he was uh hurt in the past deeply. Um, and so he had some baggage and never allowed anyone, you know, to get close to him for that reason. And then he meets Brennan, who is a senator's daughter, and he is just instantly taken with her. Um, but he doesn't understand why, and he doesn't really like it <laughs> um, at first. And so the scene that you're going to to read, uh, this one is just after a benefit um, dinner and dance that uh, Brennan's uh, a part of um she she's big into philanthropy and uses her position as her father's daughter to be able to help um raise money for charity and so the benefit she's kind of um in charge of this one and so because he's at this point has been hired to protect her he has to be there too and um so they're just leaving the dance um and there was, it's actually a, uh, there was a contest, a dance contest and Brennan, I, I don't want to give a whole lot of it away, but let, I'll just say that Grant and Brennan end up winning the contest and it comes as a shock to him and her, um, that, <laughs> it, that this even happened. And so they are in the limo getting ready to leave, um, for, to go back to her place after the after the benefit dance and um so that's that's where they're at at that point very good well let's hear this uh, brief excerpt from uh anna blakely's book unpredictable risk fidgeting nervously with the trophy brennan decided to tackle the one question that had been burning through her mind since the moment the music started biting her bottom lip she glanced over at him and asked why did you lie? Deep lines appeared on his forehead, confusion filling in his deep voice. When did I lie? The other day. Shifting in her seat, she faced him more directly. I was talking about the ball, and you told me you couldn't dance. The deep lines became smooth, and his tempting mouth quirked. Wrong. I told you I don't dance. Never said I couldn't. She had a feeling there was a story there, one she intended to discover. Letting it go, for now, Brennan allowed her lips to curl into a slow smile. My mistake. They held the shared look a little longer before she glanced back down at the trophy. Then, in a somewhat bold move, Brennan slid across the black leather seat and pressed her lips against his coarse cheek. Thank you she whispered, moving back just enough to look him in the eye. Grant turned his head toward her, their noses nearly touching as his heated gaze beheld hers. Deep seas of gray darkened in a way that made her heart race. It was my pleasure, he breathed softly, 
The tantalizing sound stirred something inside her, heightening the aching need she felt for this man. Fixated on his tempting lips, Brennan subconsciously licked hers. God, she wanted to taste him again. Brennan? Perceiving her whispered name as a warning, she broke eye contact. After offering a quick apology, she began to slide back to her own seat when Grant's hand snaked out and covered hers. Don't be sorry. The surprising words left her puzzled, but hope bloomed when she saw his gaze sweeping slowly across her mouth before landing on the low dip of her exposed cleavage. Brennan's heart pounded inside her chest, the sound of its forceful rhythm filling her ears. A slight pull on her hand brought her back to his side. The soft swooshing of her dress as it brushed across the leather seat was the only sound in the electrified space. With a creased forehead, Grant worked his jaw, but the tormented expression crossing his face vanished as quickly as it had appeared. On a slow exhale, he brought his eyes back up to hers. The pain and indecision she'd just seen had been replaced with a primal need matching her own. Brennan had heard him say the words before, but now she could actually feel it. He wants me. The realization of what she hoped was about to happen was intoxicating. Still, she had to know. What about all those neat little lines of yours? Reaching up with his free hand, Grant cupped the back of her head and asked, What lines? Then he slammed his mouth against hers. She tasted of strawberries and champagne and Grant couldn't get enough. No longer caring about possible regrets or professional reprimand, he closed his eyes and gave in to his unprecedented desire. He'd come damn close to kissing her earlier, right there on the dance floor in front of God and everyone. The way she'd moved, her body perfectly in sync with his, he'd nearly forgotten all about where they were and the other people around them. At first... Grant had been worried he'd fuck something up. It had been a long-ass time since he'd waltzed. But it was like his mom had once told him. Dancing is like riding a bike, son. Once you have it down, the muscles will remember, even if the mind doesn't. As always, she'd been right. Of course, it didn't hurt to have such a willing partner. Once Brennan finally got over the shock that he actually knew what the hell he was doing... Then Trancing Woman had handed him the reins. After that, dancing with her had become effortless. It was almost as if she'd finally given herself to him, and he to her. Though he'd slept with his fair share of women throughout the years, he'd never had a more intimate connection than in those few stolen moments with her. It had been all he could do not to throw her over his shoulder and haul her off to the nearest private room, where he could finally do the things that, up until this moment, he'd only dreamed of. Grant had spent the entire dance with his dick hard and throbbing, ready to burst through his rented suit at any second. The damn thing hadn't cared that he'd already gotten himself off that morning by fantasizing about the woman beside him, or that they were in the middle of a fucking crowd, 
the greedy bastard only wanted one thing, to find the pleasure it knew this woman would give. You're all alone with her now. His cock twitched. Though Grant was dying for release, he'd be damned if their first time would be in the back seat of a limo with his teammate on the other side of that thin glass divider. He could, however, give her a little preview. Before getting into the car, Coop had assured him the ride to Brennan's condo would take at least 45 minutes, thanks to their forced detour. They'd only been on the road for five. Plenty of time to give her the first of many orgasms. With his tongue still dominating hers, Grant released her hand to cup one of her satin-covered breasts. He swallowed Brennan's throaty moan, the erotic sound provoking. Sliding the same hand to the back of her neck, he tugged on the bow. A dull thud reached his ears as the slick material loosened with ease, and he knew she'd just dropped the forgotten trophy onto the carpeted floor. Grant continued to feast on the sweetness of her mouth, nibbling her bottom lip while he pulled the top of her dress down, exposing her bare breasts. The need to finally see them tore him away, his eyes lowering to take in the glorious sight. Allowing him to take his fill, Brennan sat still. A guy on his SEAL team had a saying, Tits or tits, doesn't matter who they belong to. Looking at the perfection before him, Grant knew the jackass had never been more wrong. Beautiful, he whispered more to himself than her. They were the perfect size, just big enough to fill his large hands, and the dusty rose nipples were exactly how he'd imagined. Standing at attention, the erect nubs told Grant she was every bit as aroused as he was. The continued rise and fall of her chest was too great a temptation, so he bent down and took one of her hard-as-fuck nipples between his lips. Brennan moaned again, her back instinctively arching as she searched for more, something he was more than happy to give. Sucking more of her breast into the wet heat of his mouth, Grant used his tongue to pleasure and tease while gently kneading the other side. Delicate fingers combed through his hair as Brennan grabbed a hold of his head, spurring him on. After giving the other breast the same attention, Grant began leaving a trail of wet kisses up along her neck. When Brennan tilted her head to the side, he took full advantage, gently nibbling the sensitive pulse point where her neck and shoulder met. On a gasp, she released his hair and began slowly lowering her hand toward his belt. More than anything, he wanted her to touch him there, to feel himself between her fist as she pumped him again and again until he exploded. But Grant knew all it would take was that first brush of her hand on his swollen shaft, and he'd have his pants down and be buried balls deep inside her within seconds. That was not how their first time was going to go. Determined to make tonight as good for her as he possibly could, Grant covered her hand with his. Grant! She whispered his name as a frustrated plea. He kissed her jawline. Touch me now. This is over before we even get started, and I plan on taking my time with you. 
Her body shivered. Trust me, sweetheart. I know the feeling. Please, Brennan begged. I need you. Don't worry, baby. He kissed the edge of her delicate chin. I know exactly what you need. Taking even more control, Grant began devouring her mouth as he reached for her leg. Slipping his hand between the open slit in her dress, he slid his fingers up along her bare thigh. He thanked God when Brennan sat back in her seat more fully and opened her legs to give him better access. Wanting to get her off at least once before they reached her place, Grant wasted no time. With the slit's height and her relaxed position, he easily made his way up to the apex of her thighs. He could feel her heat before he even made contact, and just knowing she was burning alive for him was enough to nearly set him off. As their tongues continued their erotic dance, Grant slipped his fingers beneath the lacy edge of her barely there panties. That first touch was nothing short of explosive. Brennan's smooth, bare sex was drenched with her essence. The musky scent of her arousal filled his senses, threatening to send him into a frenzied state of lust and primal need. He couldn't wait to slide into her soaken flesh. It took everything he had not to say fuck it and drive himself into her as hard as he could. If it were any other woman, he would have. But this was Brennan, and she was mine. Her breath hitched. She was so incredibly responsive to his touch, he wished the ride would take forever so they never had to stop. God damn, he wanted to see what was under all that red satin, wanted to take his time exploring every inch of her body, to lick her slit and taste her arousal on the tip of his tongue. And he would, the minute they stepped foot into her bedroom. Knowing their time here was limited, Grant moved his middle finger along her bare slit before sliding it into her molten core. Brennan cried out, her hot, velvet muscles clenching hard around his digit. Fuck me. Even behind his pants and boxers, Grant could tell his dick was already weeping with anticipation. Why wouldn't it? She was hot, wet, and as tight as a goddamn vice. How he was going to make it through this without completely embarrassing himself was beyond him. But he sure as hell was going to give it the old college try. Pumping slowly, Grant waited a few beats before adding a second finger. He picked up speed, his fingers thrusting in and out of her body with a little more force. The sounds of her wet sex filled the air, bringing him dangerously close to the edge. Grant knew he needed to get her there and fast before he did something stupid like fuck her right here, right now. He moved his hand faster, harder. Brennan began panting loudly, her pelvis instinctively lifting to meet his every thrust, searching wildly for the release he was about to give. Please, Grant, she begged again. Tell me what you want. His lips moved against hers as he spoke. Round, frustrated eyes met his. You know what I want. Say it. Grant wasn't sure why he gave the rough order. He'd never been a talker during sex. But with Brennan, 
he found himself wanting to hear the erotic words dripping from her lips. Brennan licked her lips, her words breaking free with each panted breath. I want more. His dick twitched again, but again Grant forced himself to hold off. They'd get there. But right now, he had a sudden urgency to feel her come apart on his hand. He gently stretched her opening to accommodate a third finger. In. Out. In. Out. Tilting her head onto the back of the seat, Brennan closed her eyes and purred. That enough? He asked, knowing damn well it wasn't. Almost. She barely whispered, God, that feels so good. She was so close. He could feel her inner muscles trembling and knew exactly what she needed to fall over the edge. But first, I need more room to work. Taking a chance, Grant withdrew his fingers from her body and grabbed hold of the scrap of lace hindering his movements. With an almost indiscernible nod, she gave the green light. Do it. Grant ripped the lace away from her bare sex, and she opened her legs even wider. A low growl reverberated from his chest as he slid two of his fingers back into her blazing pussy. You want me to make you come? He asked, his hand nearly slamming into her now. She nodded, her eyes closing again. God, yes, please, Grant. Make me come. Seeing her lying back like that, legs spread with his hand between them and her bare tits in plain view for him to enjoy. It was hands down the most gorgeous sight he'd ever seen. Pumping his fingers at a more rapid pace, Grant slid his thumb up to her distended clit. Brennan cried out even louder than before, that first touch nearly shooting her off the edge of the seat. He rubbed her again, the sensitive bundle of nerves so swollen and hot just begging for attention. Grant knew from both the way it was peeking out and her heavy breathing, it would only take a few more swipes to send her flying. Keeping his rhythm, he thrust his fingers in and out of her trembling pussy while continuing to gently press against her clit. Soon, he began moving the pad of his thumb in small, tight circles. The combination was explosive. A rush of blazing moisture drenched his fingers, Brennan's entire lower body thrust against his hand as her mouth formed a silent, oh. A low, keening sound traveled from somewhere deep inside her. Grant couldn't take his eyes off her. Determined to draw out every ounce of her explosive climax, he continued fucking her with his fingers. After a few more seconds, he regrettably pulled himself free of her body the muscles there slowly starting to relax. Brennan opened her eyes, her satiated stare one he wanted to commit to memory. Holding her heavy gaze, Grant lifted the same fingers that had just been inside her to his mouth. With her still watching, he slid them between his lips and savored her sweet and salty essence. A primal groan rumbled through his chest. Holy fuck. He couldn't wait to actually get his mouth on her, to lick and suck every drop of her next orgasm while she came against his mouth. That was... Brennan worked to catch her breath. 
Fuck yeah, it was. Grant agreed to her unspoken thought. Leaning over her, he pressed his mouth against hers, kissing her slowly while he carefully tied the satin halter back into place. Pulling away enough to see her face, he lifted one corner of his mouth. And we're just getting started. And there you go. That was a brief outtake from Unpredictable Risk, and that is from her Risk series, book number five. You have to check them out. Uh, they really are fun books. And tell us a little bit about that entire series. Can you kind of kind of bring that all together for us? How many books are there in that series? Ten, right? Ten. There are ten books in that very first series, which is funny because I actually, when I originally had the idea um, for the, when the team first came to me, um, there are six members of the team. And so initially I was just going to write the six. And then I had some side characters kind of come in as as the, the series progressed. And then I had readers reach out to me asking, you know, is Eric going to get a story? Is um, Riley going to get a story? Oh my gosh, is, is Riker going to get a story? You know, and so then like, which was, which was mind blowing to me because I'm like, oh my gosh, they like them so much. They want more, you know, so. Well, that's amazing um, right there. That, that, yeah, yeah. And then, it, and then more people started talking in your head and you. you yeah, just, okay. Yep. So I ended up with 10 full books in um, that original series. And then there are five books in this first spinoff series that I wrote, which is part of Susan Stoker's uh, Operation Alpha World. Um, so my first 10 books are follow Risk's Alpha Team. Susan's uh, series is a five book series that follows Risk Bravo Team. And both of those teams are actually based in Texas. And then towards the end of those, uh, I started getting um, requests to continue. And I had briefly mentioned a Charlie team and a, De uh, a Delta team um, that I that I had created, but it was just going to be kind of out there in the universe. I wasn't really planning on doing anything with it because honestly, at that point, I kind of figured readers were tired of risk and they would want something different. But oh, no, they they were super stoked to get uh, Charlie team series going. So I have two books in that series, and that is a risk team that is based in um, uh Richmond, Virginia. Huh? And then I have a Delta team that uh, is going to come out. I have the first book for that one up for pre-order now. It is titled um, Christian, which is actually my husband's first name. Um, that was kind of an, an homage to him because he has been so incredibly supportive to me. So um, the first book in that series comes out uh, next summer. Um, but I have... Two, two books right now out for Charlie team. I have Kellen and Asher and I have Grayson coming out at the end of this month. So book three of my Charlie team, uh, risk Charlie team series comes out on the 27th of this month. It is available for pre-order now. And it's one of my most favorite ones I've written, I think so far. Um, and I don't even know why, but I was just, I was just gonna ask you, why is that? You, and I don't know, I just, I love that. So the hero in this is Grayson um, and he's a former Navy SEAL and he's this big burly. He's long hair. He's my first character, male character I've ever written with long hair. Um, but he's, he's from California. He's a former surfer guy, you know, but he's not like the, the ditzy, you know, he's, he's very stoic, very, um, you know, he knows his stuff mm -hmm. and He's been a SEAL. He's done, you know, a few tours over there. 
with that and or in and a lot of um a lot of missions uh with that prior to leaving the navy and uh joining risk and you know to look at him you would think he's like this just big block of muscle that no one wants to approach but he inside he's like a major teddy bear and i love that combination you know Mm -hmm. of the 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 hard look with the soft heart and so um that part i just fell in love with him immediately um just knowing that despite his size and his his uh, gruff appearance that he is just this giant mushy teddy bear (laughs) and um so i love that i have um he the heroine in the story is taylor and she's actually a former seal teammates little sister which i love that trope that Um, is interesting and to set it up um just just briefly like i said i don't want to give a lot away but to set it up um at the end of asher which was uh charlie team book two at the very end grayson gets a call from one of his former teammates and he learns that another teammate of theirs had um, suddenly died. And so at the end of that book, Grayson is flying to Kansas city so he can go to this friend's funeral. And that's where he and the little sister reconnect. Um, But there's obviously as, as with all of my stories, there is more to it. Um, And soon they learn that, the death was not a suicide like they originally thought. And so that uh-huh. throws them into um, this investigation as to what really happened to his friend and the heroine's, you know, the heroine's brother. Um, so she's very invested in finding out. And and there's there's some danger pretty close to the beginning of the book. Um, it, it starts off pretty quickly and it just explodes from there. So just keeps going, huh? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, they they have that connection and, and, you know, he's got that little bit of crap. She's my friend's sister. I know he's dead, but I mean, you know, he warned us a long time ago, you know, (laughs) she's off limits. Yeah. Don't touch my sister. Yeah. Yeah. Which I actually had a similar situation happen to me when I was younger with one of my older brothers. (laughs) I bet you did. He was not happy about that. So I I kind of bring some of that in and and Mm -hmm. into the, the inspiration behind that trope with this one. And um but yeah it's 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 great and and you know and and it's not you know taylor the the heroine she's dealing with a lot because she's lost her brother she's um and her parents they lost um her their parents prior to this so she's kind of has that you know everyone i love leaves me issue Mm. to deal with Mm -hmm. And grayson also has something he's been dealing with alone um even his teammates aren't aware of his struggles. So um, that's something that I bring to the table. That's, that's new to this series. And um, so while they're both struggling with their own issues and dealing with the loss of the brother, of the brother and friend, and also knowing that, you know, we got to figure out who was behind this and what's going on. Um, And then of course, you know, they have to fall in love in the process. So Uh, yes, there has to be room for that. Absolutely going to be the romance in there. (laughs) and and all that good stuff so. well it's it sounds like a lot going on in the book it sounds like a lot of excitement and a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of action in it as well and it, it certainly sounds like an interesting book and and the title of that book again it's grayson charlie grayson? three 
Okay, and that is uh, available for pre-order now, right? It is. It is available for pre-order on Amazon, uh, Apple, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. So, Very good. We'll grab it. <laughs> Very good. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's it's just amazing. I, I talk to, to different authors in the romance genre, and it, uh, a lot of them have the same. Obviously, they're all very different stories, but some mm -hmm. of them, most of them have some of the same elements in them. You know, where a lot of them start with the voices in your head, yeah, and uh, it just yeah. it just kind of goes and goes and goes. And what I find very interesting is that uh, most of them say, "Well, I just kind of thought that someday I might put it in a book, and someday somebody might see that book and maybe publish it someday." That's and exactly right. And the uh, the independent authors and what is available with digital and everything that's going on with the World Wide Web, of course, uh, with publishing, you don't have to wait for anybody else's approval anymore. No. Only, the only approval you need is yours, and that's it. And whether you sell one copy or a million and one copies, doesn't matter. It, oh, my gosh, it, it yes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, was, I, can't, I can still remember exactly where I was standing when... You know, I, I looked and saw that one person had pre-ordered my book, like the first person, you know, and I well, was now like, you have to tell us the story. Where? Where were you? Oh, <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's not that exciting, but we were actually um, it was Thanksgiving and we were out of out of town. We were in Kansas for visiting my husband's family and dinner was done and all of that stuff was done. And um, Caitlin had walked me through the steps prior to that of how to put it up for pre-order. And I was sitting around and I had my computer with me. So I thought, well, it's supposed to come out in January, but no time like the present. And I, I sat and I, I had put it up and, um, I let her know. And I think if I remember right, I think she posted something about it in her group mm -hmm. and it wasn't too long after that, I started getting pre-orders. So. So how'd that was, make you feel on that very first was, one you saw? So excited. And then I was terrified because then it, it was out there and like, I couldn't take it. I mean, I guess I could have taken it back, but I didn't want to, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a very vulnerable thing to put your heart and soul into something and then put it out for the world. And then knowing that, you know, no matter how good you think it is or how good everybody else thinks it is, you know, there's going to be people out there, you know, not every book is for every reader. So, um, oh, we hope not. You know, we yeah, hope so, yeah. So, but you know, to it's just it puts you in a very vulnerable spot because then you're opening yourself up to the criticism as well as the praise, and so, you know, and you don't never know what you're going to get or or what's going to be said, and and right. luckily, the majority of of re my readers um, enjoyed it enough to heck they wanted, you know, they they still want two more risks, more and more and more and more. Yeah, and, so and, and I got all, very blessed, very lucky and very blessed. Well, I think you had a lot to do with it. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, if it wasn't for your courage and your confidence in yourself, we wouldn't be talking right now. Yeah. And it's it's amazing because life so often comes down to that one thing. You want to do something, you go do it. And uh, yeah. you, have to, you have to get that courage going in order to do it. And you're right. You put something creative out in the world. You're putting your whole self out there, especially with books like this. I mean, they're. Yeah. And, you know, and it's it's funny because I didn't I didn't even realize my very, very first book is called Taking a Risk. And I, it didn't even dawn on me the irony of that. 
<laughs> until after the book was out. And then I right. was like, oh, well, yeah, that kind of fits, you know, but um, it it is. And, and you know, and, and I've heard from several authors who, and I've had a lot of help along the way. I could not have, I, I could not be where I am without, you know, the help of other authors. And that's one thing that I've noticed with this business that's so different to me than any other business I've ever been in is the the support is incredible. Like, I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, it's like with anything else, you know, you have things, you know, people out there that I'm sure are, you know, wishing that you don't have a good sale that went or, you know, like, you know, or wanting to do better than you or that competition, I guess, mindset, but overall, everybody wants everybody to succeed and everybody is so willing to help, you know, cross promote and swap newsletters and, everything because everybody wants, you know, everyone to be successful. And it, and it's, it's so crazy to me because there are so many other, you know, cutthroat industries out there uh-huh. and this is absolutely not one of them. And I'm so thankful and blessed with that. And, and, and as far as the stories, you know, I've, I heard starting out, you know, I think it was Riley Edwards who told me once, um, which if you haven't read her, she's amazing too. Um, every story's already been written. You just have to put your spin on it. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I have taken that to heart and, 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 uh, because it's true. I mean, you know, readers have my readers, especially I have, I think what, 21 books out now full length. Um, and, and it's true, you know, but they, they know what they're going to get. They, you know, my readers, I'm always going to have that alpha protector hero, um, I don't do damsels in distress. I don't think I try to write, you know, heroines who have a brain mm-hmm. and can think for themselves. And, you know, they, you know, if they do get in a perilous situation, they always, you know, do what they can to, to save themselves. Um, but, you know, there's, there's always going to be some type of, you know, kidnapping or dangerous situation or, you know, that suspenseful, like, you know, you're going to get a happy ending, but you're still are in that, in the moment you're thinking, oh my gosh, how are they going to get out of this? You know, or are they right. going to get, out of this? you know? Um, so, so I like to, to make sure, you know, my readers, they know that that part isn't going to be, you know, they're, they know what they're going to get. So if they've liked the books, you know, previously, then, then they should like the rest. But um, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a wild ride for sure, but I am, I'm, I'm loving it every day. Well, I'm very happy that you are, because if you're happy, you're going to keep writing those books that everybody likes so much. And uh, everybody's going to be happy about the situation. If you stop writing the books, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. Okay. And then we're, no, no, see, we're going to take one, we're going to call one of your characters up and we're going to send them into your head. And he will keep beating on the top of your head until you write another okay. one. So you're I in you now. Were, like send them to my house, which you know my husband might not like that. But I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Be, be, <laughs> go to the go to the door. Well, hello. Well, hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you never know. It could happen. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I very much thank you, Anna, for the interview today. Thank you for letting me uh, read that wonderful excerpt on the podcast. Uh, check out Anna Blakely's uh, books. You can you can connect with her. Uh, we're just getting it finished up here, a new website, steamystoriesforwomen.com. But also, of course, you can do, go to many different places to find Anna Blakely's books, including Amazon. And uh, you can go to her website at annablakely.com. Uh, she's out there in a lot of places. 
you want to go check her workout and it's just it's just really fun stuff i hope you enjoyed this romance author spotlight episode of the podcast with anna blakely and i hope you like the steamy excerpt from her book unpredictable risk you can learn more about anna blakely and check out all her books at annablakely.com i'm donovan kane and if you'd like to get in touch with me just send me an email it's donovan at donovancain.com. Before you go, don't forget to follow the podcast. That way you'll know when there's more steamy stories for women and more romance author spotlights available for you to listen to. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For now, goodbye.